Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are trekking back. We're doing moonwalks. We're walking on the ceiling. <laughs> Dare I say dancing on the ceiling. Dancing on the ceiling, doing splits and popping and locking our way to the electric boogaloo of breaking <laughs> two, colon, electric boogaloo. Electric boogaloo. This is Vince's choice Yes. for this stop, stop number 196. Oh, we are right there. We are right there. We are at the crest. Of 200, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so this promises to be an interesting episode. Yes, yes. If nothing else. If nothing else. But before we get there, we have to uh, follow up on all of the feedback that we got in regards to our review of Breaking. Breaking. From Regular Boogaloo. <laughs> yes. No colon. No, no colon. And breaking enticed Romero Stokes. Hey, Romero. To return to the keyboard and write us yet another email. Email to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> okay, I'm back to talk about breaking. <laughs> Phew. Man, it had to happen at some point, and it pays me to say, but I agree with Len. <laughs> It shouldn't pain you to say. I agree with Lynn a lot. And I only have a small itch when it when I do. Excuse me while I read that sentence again. <laughs> Man, it had to happen <laughs> at some point. And it pains me to say. But I agree with Len. Yes, yes, yes. At this point, all the rest of his email is just... No, you're on to the next email. <laughs> on to the next email. I mean, I don't, I don't want to beat you over the head no, with the no, fact no. that Romero agrees with me. Yes, that's what I hear. But, but I continue. Dot, 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 for the most part. Uh, oh, that was around the corner. See, you should have stopped and went on to the next letter. I should have. <laughs> Damn it. Anyway. While Breakin has several elements of black contemporary culture of the early 80s, it is decidedly not a black film. The entire film centers around Special K and her flirtation with black L.A. street culture as she single handedly brings cultural appropriation into the 80s in her efforts <laughs> to legitimize West Coast breakdancing to further her career. Yes. Yes, she does. My cousins and I, Romero continues, would skip all of Kelly's scenes when watching the film on VHS. It was a shame how badly she curbed poor Ozone throughout most of the movie. I feel sorry for him chasing after that white girl who was just pimping him out for his choreography. Oh, no. While Turbo's character lacked death, he was probably the best thing about the film, a more relatable character due to his youth and joy in performing, and he tried his damnedest to warn Ozone about getting involved with Kelly. I mean, Kelly didn't get Ozone killed. Uh, true, but 
Uh, Romero continues, I'd argue that breaking was the first sign of East Coast, West Coast rivalry in the hip hop world. There's a very distinct difference in flavor between the New York slash Philly slash New Jersey development of hip hop and L.A. hip hop. West Coast hip hop was considered to be very light fare in comparison to the hardcore edge of the sounds coming out of the Northeast. This is especially evident when one compares Breakin and Beat Street. One is a trip to Disneyland, while the other is Escape from New York. Beat Street just felt more authentic and representative of the core of hip hop, while Breakin is much like Vince described, and I'm paraphrasing, a pastiche of the culture, pasted together to make a quick dollar. It probably wasn't until underground artists like Too Short and N.W.A. came out in the late 80s that the West Coast sound started to have some teeth. Even Ice-T's rhymes in the film were trash. Look up Ice-T raps and break in on YouTube if you want a good laugh. But that said, hip-hop was still very young at this time. We were so hungry for any type of content, representation, etc. Because remember, our videos weren't getting played on MTV. Breaking gets a black card pass just for being made and giving us youngsters hope and a voice. That's it for now. Long live Bruce Leroy. Hashtag <laughs> Team Show Enough. Hashtag Who's the Master? Romero Stokes. All right, all right. I would uh, I was trying to look up real quick when the Egyptian Lover came out. He 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 was name checking some um, early LA hip hop, and I always go to Egyptian Lover mainly because I liked his name. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, well, Egypt Egypt came out in '84. Egypt Egypt. His his song Egypt Egypt. Okay, because okay. you know he was Egyptian Lover. Right, right. But it looks like '82 '83. Is is so yeah, it's about it's all this all this at the same time. All this was happening at the same time. Oh, there you go. So um we also heard back on Twitter from Miss Sarah Elkins. Hey Sarah at Con Figures. Uh y'all, I greatly enjoyed your expressions of shock and pity over my grits ways. That's right. (laughs) Has she tried ice cream? I grew up in coastal Carolina and my favorite ice cream. Okay. Was fresh peach ice cream from the inland orchid roadside stands. Now I make liquid nitrogen ice cream for hundreds once a year at, uh, Penguacan. Oh, wow. There's it's, it's a which is unbeknownst to me an open source science fiction convention that's 16 years strong held in April. Oh, and I believe in the Carolinas, probably. I don't know. Oh, uh, she continues okay. <laughs> that we often make custom batches, some flav- favorite flavors of this, uh, their high ice cream, coconut lime habanero. Okay, with vodka. Okay. Plutonian, which is squid ink plus pistachio. Okay. Mad Max colon Rocky Road with chrome icing. Hot chocolate with Kanye. Rad chai, cardamom, lavender honey, and Captain Crunch. 
See, I got jokes, but apparently we tapped into something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you uh, trying to send us some ice cream? I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Science fiction conventions, ice cream. Sounds like Sarah's our, our kind of person. Oh, now she's your kind of person. Now she's my kind of you person. You was clowning her. Oh, yeah, with the sad grits, I was clowning. Now it's ice cream in independent science fiction, science fiction conventions. Now it's can I get some of your... You going to eat your ice cream? You going to eat your ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Thank you, and and I glad. I'm um, nice to hear that you appreciate our jokes. Yes, because <laughs> they were just jokes. They were only jokes. Just jokes. Uh, Chad Serta. Hey, Chad. Wrote us. I need to thank you, Lennon Vincent, for reading my post a couple of episodes back. The look of amazement of hearing my name by my 15-year-old daughter was a riot. <laughs> Only topped by how cool my nine-year-old son thinks I am because y'all sounded like you knew me. <laughs> hey, glad we could help. The below is my review for your podcast on iTunes that I have sadly put off for too long. I've been listening to the Michelle Mission for some time now. I love it. You talk about movies that I haven't seen, movies that I grew up with, movies I haven't heard of. You do it with history, warmth, care, heart, and laughter. You do it in a way that my nine-year-old son can listen with me. Then he makes me seek out these films so that we can see what you loved or didn't love about it. Oh, that's beautiful. Both the grits and last dragon conversations have led to a lot of asides for us as well. Thank you for those. Oh, thank you, Chad. Thank you. It's very kind. Thank Aww. you very much. Look at the the last dragon, the gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. If you want to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. You're so kind, Vince. You're very kind. Justice Raji. Hey, Justice. So I listened to the shows all out of order because that's what I love about podcasts. Okay. I went back in time to the end of the year binge lounge episode. Since then, every time I use an app to to order or pull up to a drive through of any kind, all I can hear is, you guessed it, while grabbing my wife a late night stack for some late night work at the office the cashier handed me half my order Mm -hmm. and then said you got your food right of course i had not received anything and Uh began giggling while my internal soundtrack repeated you know they bleep you at the Uh drive-thru on an endless loop that's right they messed up our order just last week my wife and my daughter trying to be slick we just going to order some wawa real quick i said you know what let me just run in and I'll order it at the little kiosk. They said, no, no, no. We'll order it in the car and we'll pick it up. And you know what happened? You know what happened, Lynn? They F- you know what happened, Lynn? They messed up my wife's sandwich. They messed up their sandwich. Mm-hmm. And I looked right at her. <laughs> I looked right at her as she opened up her messed up sandwich. Now that was at a Wawa. At a Wawa, she could have she could have maybe gotten you, like, you just go in there and I mean it's a kiosk. I know, I know. It's always quicker at Wawa. No, no, inside. no. They ooh, we living in twenty twenty. <laughs> Let's use the app. All right. It is always quicker to to go indoors at at Wawa. Okay. Um, we haven't. It's been a long time since we've checked in on the comments that we get on SoundCloud. Oh, okay. So, in regards to breaking, yes. 
Let's see. Uh, you want these in order, Vince? Of course. Okay, we'll take them in order. So from MC Picket Fence. Hey, what's up, MC Picket Fence? He says, Len, Ain't No Stopping Us is a great song. <laughs> yes. This is an okay song. Ollie and Jerry, baby. Ollie and Jerry. Uh, uh, MC Picket Fence continues. John Claude Van Damme is also dancing on a beach. A couple I of know. A couple of people pointed that out. To me, too. Yes. About John Claude Van Damme. Here's the thing. Oh, right. He was dancing. Because in the scene, because um, it was Toya, of uh, first time I heard, who pointed it out to me. And the What's scene up, that, Toya? The scene that she uh, pointed out to me, he's just standing there with like a straight face, just looking at everything. Right. But uh, yeah, John Claude Van Damme is there. And he break dances in one of his early movies. Does he? And, and, I can believe it. And don't press me for which one it is, but one of them, he does some kind of move. Well, he does moves in all his movies. <laughs> well, no, but like a breakdance. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I believe it. Um, MC Picket Fence continues, Breaking 2 is no way better than 1. 2 should have never been made. Well, we'll be discussing, we'll be that, discussing in, that in a few minutes. In just a little bit. <laughs> and Shabadoo was also a Soul Train dancer. Yes, he, he was. Uh, in fact, the Rockets were the only non-singing group that appeared on Soul Train. They performed. They, they performed perf- like, they, like they, they were like the guests. Performed like you know. Did we have yeah. Gladys Knight and the Pips and, and the Rockets? Really, I don't. Remember the only that. non-singing group that performed on Soul Train. Hmm. Somebody must have backed out. I mean, you know, people how fast, love, how fast can you get your boys people down People love the Rockets. No, I people mean, People on yeah. the West Coast love the Rockets. No, I'm not saying people don't love them, but I'm not tuning in the Soul Train to see I, the, the Rockets I on mean, stage. I mean, you not, but... I, I want to see the second musical act. I mean, I know you not, but in 1974... You, would you have... Look, it was... It was it, there, there's a lot of stuff that was on Soul Train that I'd rather have seen the Rockets Anyway, it's the contours. It's like, ooh, where are the rockets? <laughs> and uh, George Kimono, he had some comments up, as George? well. He says, for the next fundraiser, there needs to be some kind of break-in karaoke component. I don't even know how that would work. Yeah, break-in karaoke. Uh, no. So, no, it's not <laughs> happening. It's, it's not happening. We'll workshop it, George. Uh, and he suggests for a possible filler episode doing um, one on when movies are picked, but they can't be found. Oh, boy. Yeah, that sometimes is a lament of ours. That, that is a lament. And and like we said, it is so random. Mm-hmm. Why was breaking nowhere? I don't know. It is so bizarre. I don't know. I don't know. It is it's it, it is bizarre, especially considering, you know, the certifiable hip hop classic. Right, and you. it's eighty four, so it's not like like the thirtieth anniversary isn't for four more years. I mean, mm-hmm. um I guess that would be the fortieth anniversary in four more years. I don't know why. Speaking of but like they didn't I don't think there there was a Blu ray of breaking. Thinking of, speaking of anniversaries, um House Party. 30th anniversary of House Party. Recently celebrated its 30th anniversary, 30 years since the first House Party movie yeah. was released. Yeah. A movie that we have reviewed. We have reviewed House We Party. both enjoyed the movie. Both enjoyed House Party. Love I love House Party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, shout out to Kid and Play and AJ Johnson. 
A.J. Johnson. And Tisha Campbell. And Tisha Campbell. And, and for some of us, if you weren't feeling old, now you are. <laughs> well, we are definitely two old men. <laughs> That's for certain, ladies and gentlemen. Um, all right. Let's see. I, I mean, we got like a bunch of stuff that we still have to. I mean, people just write us like crazy. I don't, I don't know. Hey, Vince, were you aware that there's going to be a Michael Jackson musical, which will be opening in previews in New York City this this summer? I did, I was not aware of that. The book on the movie was written by Lynn Notage, a very talented writer, including to AAPI. Yes. Yes. Do you are you familiar with this? this? I recognize her name. What what is she, she did something? Well, I will. Yeah, I, she did will, something. Okay, I will. I will. I'll let you know because it's Lynn L Y N N, right? L Y N N. Yeah, yes. not yeah. Yes, she's a professor of playwriting at Columbia, and she was also the first woman to have won the Pulitzer Prize for drama the for first in two thousand nine for Ruined, and the second. For, oh, she was the first to win it, uh, the Pulitzer Prize for Drama twice. She won it first in 2009 for Ruined, and she then in 2017, she won it for Sweat. What else did she write? All right. Well, let's see. Let's see, Vince. What else did she write? Well, okay, Vince, if you give me a moment, I'll let you know. She wrote, um, looks like, Intimate Apparel, Ruined, By the Way, Meet Vera Stark, Sweat. Uh, wow, she's wrote she's wrote more than a few things. Crumbs from the Table of Joy, Fabulation, or the Reeducation of Udin. She's 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 quite an accomplished uh, person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Floyd Mima's Tale, and she's she's writing MJ the the uh, Michael Jackson okay musical. That sounds interesting. It had my curiosity, but now it has my interest. Now it has your interest. So, yeah, I think there definitely is a story to be mined. Well, well, yes, <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what? So here's the thing: there's a story to be mined by, by the Michael Jackson story. Would you prefer to see the Michael Jackson story portrayed this way on Broadway in a musical? Or as a movie, I don't know, because I both could, I think both formats have their strengths, and I think it's a story that could lend itself to either format. Yeah, I have a funny feeling to me, and I could be wrong because certainly move, musicals can go deep, but I I hear Michael Jackson the musical, and I feel it. I hear not going in depth with a lot of his his story well you know what i always say i feel like it's a fair number of people that are going to have to die before we actually get the real story story anyway yeah that's true that's very true between motown and the michael jackson estate Mm -hmm. i don't know how real it's going to get anyway have you seen the trailer for antebellum i did um some people I know are saying that uh this I, movie looks like maybe it's uh it, it sounds like lifting it's, very liberally it sounds, from Octavia Butler's it sounds Kindred. Like Kindred. It sounds like Kindred, but but 
you know, does that, I mean, was Kindred the only story that you can have about time traveling back to slavery? Exactly. You know you what know? I mean? I mean, and then there's Sankofa. Sankofa did the same, a similar thing. Right. So I just want everybody to win. Like, like I would never want to pit Octavia Butler up against Janelle Monet. I know. And this Jonah Monet, the, the lead in this. Right. Film. I love both of them so much. Mm-hmm. So and Kindred is being developed, and uh, kin- well, Kindred has been being developed for like thirty years. No, but remember Viola Davis is yes, yes. Of- Viola Davis is developing Kindred, and Dawn apparently is is coming on Amazon. Trust me, I've been in this waiting for Octavia <laughs> Butler stuff to be developed for two decades now. I'll never get excited. What do you about think is Octavia a stumbling Butler? block with that? A uh, black lead. You think so? I mean, but really, for the last 10 this, years, I, you think that's the stumbling block? I think we are at a moment where it can actually happen. Yes. But frankly, before Black Panther, I think it was black lead. Like, all of them have black and female sci- leads. Sci-fi. And they're very cerebral science fiction. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't... There's no way... Like, Dawn is legitimately disturbing. Right. I was trying to think if there was any way you could kind of twist any of them to maybe be, if you wanted to like, you know, pump action into them a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's violence, but it's again, very disturbing graphic violence. It certainly is a lot more cerebral, deeper in thought and methodology. Right. So until I see a title placard come up, I'm, I'm, you remember when large professor, left main source and for like 15 years large professor used to talk about he was gonna put an album out yes that was my other big hurt yes and i used I to remember that and i used to say yeah uh-huh yeah this will come out when large professor's album comes out and everybody but, was waiting on that but then it did actually come out sure like sure. like 15 years later exactly after yeah. you had your daughter right i know you know? i know right <laughs> right exactly like I'm, i've got camille in a baby carriage getting a <laughs> Ooh, large professor's CD. Let me get this. Yeah. Wow, I do remember that. But I'm 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 taking a wait and see attitude with Antebellum. But the commercials do look like it, I actually said, "Is this Kindred?" But I said it to myself, and I was hoping nobody else would pick that up. But then apparently everybody picked it up. Yeah, Vince, you were just pulling what was already in the air. Yeah, it was out there, man. That's just, yeah, but read Kindred, y'all, if you've never read Kindred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and read Dawn, Adulthood Rights, and Imago. Actually, I think it's Dawn, Imago, Adulthood Rights. The Xenogenesis Trilogy. Read that. Actually, just read everything Octavia Butler wrote. Yes. Right, and if you are averse to reading um, books, which, like, I'm not even going to lie. I sometimes am. Because uh, when I pick up a book, I usually pick up, I like nonfiction books. Mm-hmm. Um, Kindred was adapted into a comic book. Yes, it was. So was, I believe, Parable of the Sower. I think Parable of the Sower might be a um, graphic novel, too. Really? I'm, I think so. I think. Kindred so, definitely is. Kindred definitely, because it's been out only within the last few years. Yeah, but I thought I saw Parable of the Sower had been adapted into a book, as well, into a graphic novel as well. I could be wrong about that. Maybe I'm just thinking about Kindred. You may be. I think they're they're That's supposed to be like the follow up. 
I think. I don't know. Either way. But, look up look, But even if you don't read, read those. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Octavia Butler. Beast. Beast mode, most definitely. All right. Um bu- 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 we have one more one more note here. This is from Don Miskell. Hey, what's up, Don? I'm all the way on the other side of the world. Thank God for podcast, social media, and the like, because I'd otherwise go crazy out here. Oh, no. Don't Michelle Mission is definitely my fave, especially when y'all all review the films of my youth. I recall going to see Breaking when it hit theaters. Of course, I had to get stuck in a seat behind a dude with a huge afro <laughs> note that wasn't even in style by then. <laughs> the boisterous rival breakdance crews who, because of their constant challenges, made the pro- projectionist stop the movie twice and sticky floor probably <laughs> added to the ambiance while I kept I leaning to the left and right of dudes blowout just to see the screen. <laughs> That's fantastic. Y'all all mentioned Layla Rashan's blink and you miss it cameo in the opening scene on the beach. Two facts. Layla, better known as Sunshine from Harlem Nights and the lady with Brutus and Hammer Time from Boomerang, was actually married. She sure was. To Shabadu. She sure was. AKA Ozone. Has a brief cameo in Breaking 2 as well. Very true. And a line. And two. Also, before he gained a level of notoriety for laughable acting and doing splits, John Claude Van Dammit, oh, oops, my bad, is in the same scene. Rewind yes. if you don't believe me. Anyway, guys, keep up the great work. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you for and thank you for that little uh, note about um, later Rashawn. Rojo hit us up. What's up, Rojo? Great review of Breaking, and mostly I concur. Okay. I love the discussions you have about what constitutes a black film. Is it something that represents the culture, something specifically about about black people and or characters, a combination of both, something else entirely? If Sergeant Rutledge is a black film, does that also make To Kill a Mockingbird oh, a black film. Good question. Are the movies of Sidney Poitier, Will Smith, and Denzel Washington black films, even though a good number of them have few to no other black characters? Inquiry minds want to know. With that said, I do have a question slash nitpick. Is the Rockets what you folks on the East Coast call the Lockers? Asking for a friend. Congrats on hitting 200. Keep doing what you do. I'm here for it all, even the nitpicks. Mm-hmm. And then she sent us a uh, video clip of the lockers from 1975. And the lo- and the lockers are on. This clip is from Soul Train. So I think it's the lockers who you're thinking about who were actually on Soul Train. Is, is Shabadoo in them? Uh, let's see. Because Shabadoo was very much part of this group. Maybe that is the Lockers. I thought they were called the Rockets, though. Let's have a great welcome, gang, for the Lockers. Yeah, this is definitely this is definitely the dude I know. And this is 1975. I don't see Shabadoo. I don't see Shabadoo. We, we, we not, this is mostly dance ladies. Mostly dance ladies and gentlemen, so we're not going to play the whole thing, but. Well, make sure he's not going to come out. Well, I'm not going to watch right, all five minutes, watch, minutes of this. Watch all five minutes of the lockers. 
I'll tell you one thing. Whoever these are, they're better than the guys in Breaking. Oh. That's definitely them now. Yeah, these are the guys that were on, um, on What's, what's, what's happening. happening, yeah. And these are all, like, darker-skinned guys, man. I don't see Shabadoo. But in their defense, this clip is from 1975. Shabadoo probably, he may not even been in 1975. I, I think that's Shabadoo right there. I think that's Shabadoo right there. Well, let's see. His that, hair's just long. I don't think that's Shabadoo. You know why I don't think that's Shabadoo? Because this guy is dancing better than anything Shabadoo did in Breaking. And he look I, I don't think that's Shabadoo. This is not, you gotta remember, this is almost 10 years before Breaking. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Shabadoo looks like he's maybe in his mid 20s. All right, well. Everyone, this is everyone, a, let's look at the lockers and dissect it. This is enjoying himself so much, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But we, we, we're going to stop. I this was about to say. We got to stop this. I, I didn't know there was a girl locker. She's no joke. Why is she in breaking? Why isn't she? I would have enjoyed breaking if she was in it. That's their move, though. They're, they're all, right. Move. all right. All right. Y'all look up the lockers on YouTube. Well, it's on the Facebook group. It's in the all Facebook right. Group. Yes. It's, 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 thanks to Rojo. Thank so, you, Rojo. So you can check it out there. All right. All right. All right. No, that's enough of that. Because <laughs> that had totally distracted me. I was about to look at some more videos. Y'all just get, don't get no episode tonight. Episode <laughs> is going to be me going through YouTube, looking at lockers. Looking at lockers clips and then ending up where I always do with clips of Sammy Davis Jr. I guarantee you, within four videos of me clicking around, really? I'm gonna end up on Sammy Davis Jr. Really? I always end up on Sammy Davis Jr. How Sammy Davis Jr.? Because I'm going because because I love first of all because Sammy Davis Jr. is the Kevin Bacon of Seven Degrees of Separation on all of those '70s shows. Okay, that's true. Second, true, 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 true. Because I love Sammy Davis Jr. Okay. So. All right. All right. Like that would have taken me to soul to to um what's happening and then I looked up guest on what's happening and that would have take how would I let's see how would I've gotten to Sammy Davis Jr. So I would have ended so, so, All right. So all right. So where's the starting point? This. So the, the lockers. The, it's the lockers. So the, the lockers, lockers would take me to, to what's what, happening. What's happening? What's happening? I would have bounced around either to like which direction do I want to go? Let's say Irene Cara. Okay. Irene Cara would have taken me. Irene to... Cara is in What's Happening? Yeah, remember, it's, it's actually appropriate for this episode because she plays an amazingly stereotypical slash um, offensive Hispanic woman. Because remember, she was was she was an illegal immigrant and she was going to marry Rerun to get her a green card. Oh, that's right. She's going to yeah, marry yeah, Rerun? Yeah. She was going to make a rerun. She yeah. called it a rerun, and it was terrible. Even as a kid, I, I said that, that yeah. accent is terrible. Okay, so the lockers get you to what's happening, which gets you to Irene Cara. Which gets, gets me to Irene Cara, okay. which probably would have gotten me to... Irene Cara would have gotten me to fame. Okay. Which would have gotten me to Debbie Allen. So it gets you to Debbie Allen. Debbie Allen. Fame. Debbie Allen gets me to Good Times. 
Takes you to good times. Good times. Because remember, she was JJ's yes. girlfriend who was a junkie. Jun- junkie, yes. She was a junkie. From good times, I would have bounced from Debbie Allen to who would I have bounced from Debbie Allen to get to Sammy Davis Jr.? I probably would have gotten to. Well, you're at about five steps now. So you've only got. What? Did you say Is seven? Is it five? Well, it's actually six. It's six degrees of Kevin Bacon. So. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. So so from from good times, I would have gotten to... How would I have gotten from good times to Sammy Davis Jr.? Probably Johnny Brown. Johnny Brown, which would have gotten me to Flip Wilson, which then gets you to Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, but I think you're over, I think you're over six. Okay, but... Well then, that's you. You lost. All right, all right. you got to do it in six. So what? Where I thought you were going to go when you went to Debbie Allen and Fame, and I know you could have went a, a, a thousand different places, right. but from Debbie Allen and Fame, then you could have went to. Oh, I don't know if she guest starred on there. What did Debbie Allen guest star on the Cosby Show? Yes, Debbie Allen Cosby Show, Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, but I I don't remember. Did she remember get- Claire had to fit into a dress, so she had to go and she got a private trainer, and Debbie Allen was a private trainer. Okay, boom. Well, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. So that's why and I was trying Sammy to get to on, side I don't like to think about Sammy Davis Jr. on the Cosby, on the Cosby show, show because he was sick. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was already sick. And remember when he died that next year, Bill uh, Cliff wore that SD butt for the whole year, the whole season. Yeah. So I have a blind spot with him on the Cosby show. And but you're right. That would have gotten me there quicker. Yes. And then you would have won. And then I would have won. And you would have won all these fabulous all prizes. All of these fabulous prizes. Aren't we here to talk about a movie? I believe we are here. <laughs> In fact, yes. It is now Christina time. Yes. As we turn our attention over to Breaking 2, colon. Colon. That's a funny word. (laughs) Electric Boogaloo. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages.
Elvis production. Another good one from Canon. Breaking two, Electric Boogaloo, American 1984 film directed by Sam Furstenberg, a sequel to the breakdancing film from earlier in the year. From earlier in that year. Called Breakin', with Electric Boogaloo released a mere seven months after its predecessor. The film features three characters from Breakin', Kelly, played like by Lucinda Dickey, also known as Special K. It's her street name. Her street name. Uh, Orlando Ozone Barco, played by Adolfo Shabadoo Quinones. And Tony Turbo Ainley, played by Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers. As they struggle to stop the demolition of a community recreation center by a big bad developer who wants to build a shopping mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Build a shopping center. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what one does. It is exactly what what it does. Though many critics rated this film poorly. Roger Ebert gave the film a three star rating. (laughs) And the New York press film critic Armand White considered it to be superb (laughs) okay but that means nothing here on the mission (laughs) no it does not so vince yes what say you of breaking two electric boogaloo what a different seven months makes Mm. what a different seven months make i think we talked about breaking as this introduction to hip-hop culture for a lot of people and certainly, and someone mentioned it in, in the, the, the letters, certainly this is not the most, breaking, breaking was not the most realistic depiction of hip hop culture right. at this moment. We, we, we talked about the fight between the writer and the producers, Golan Globus, and breaking to Electric Boogaloo, Golan Globus wins the fight <laughs> because compared to Breaking to Electric Boogaloo, Breaking is the wire <laughs> when you talk about realism. <laughs> true. Very true. Breaking to Electric Boogaloo, and, and I think it's also worth noting in that seven months, breakdancing in particular had crossed over. Mm-hmm. Like it had actually become the fad that Golden Globus thought it was going to become. Right. Now we know 30 years, you know, 40 years later almost that it's it's an actual culture mm-hmm. and and something to be respected. But it did have a moment where it was a fad and everyone was breaking and there were breakdancing contests at the mall and and breakdancing at school and 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 everybody was incorporating breakdancing into things. Right. So that this very much feels like a product of the moment where breakdancing is, I don't want to say defanged, but it certainly doesn't have the grittiness. No, exactly. Of, of uh, a, a, a tenant of hip hop culture, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. This is a film that, for lack of a better way to put it, expands the breaking universe. <laughs> If you will, yeah. Ozone gets a bit of a like a hint of a backstory. 
You find out he has his ex-girlfriend, Rhonda, Mm -hmm. who's kind of floating around. Electra Rock is beefed up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And they're like an actual gang. Yeah. Come to find out he's working at a um, youth center, an Mm -hmm. after-school center with the kids. Mm -hmm. So, So he has this identity outside of being a street dancer. Right. Certainly he's teaching dance, but you get the sense that he's helping the community, if you will. Special K, Lucinda Dickey, is still dancing. She's still a working dancer. Her romantic entanglements are gone completely, except for one laughable moment with her quote unquote fiance that even the film doesn't take that seriously. Mm. So that if there is any hint of a love interest it's between her and ozone and we'll talk about that for him in a moment you're right even turbo yeah gets a love interest all three of them look great all three of the leads look like they're coming off of a successful movie frankly they look leaner yeah did you notice that they, they all look leaner i'll say that about lucinda dickey she got guns out yeah they all look good they all look like they've been eating right mm-hmm like, these are people who, within the movie, were in a successful show, right. which they reference, you know, in, in, in Special Case House, there's a, a poster from the show Street Jazz. Right. And certainly from without the movie, this is a sequel to what was a pretty successful first movie. Mm-hmm. Tonally, like I said, as much as, as we can talk about break-in being lacking realism it is set in the real world for the most part like like ozone and turbo are living hand to mouth they're living in this really gritty garage both of them are working at a at at a a convenience store right special k as far as we know just is, is a struggling dancer she when we meet her she's 19 years old working at in a diner she drives this beat up Volkswagen, and if you and and the the scenes at Electro Rock are dark and gritty. Mm-hmm. So say what you want about breaking, you look. This is this this is a depiction of these people's lives, right? Breaking too. Oh, I'm sorry. Did we not mention that Special K was rich? <laughs> did that not come up in the first film? I don't believe so. Well, Special K's rich. Yes. She's a working dancer, but she's also rich. So you mm-hmm. get the sense that there's not there's a struggle, but this is a voluntary struggle. Exactly. She's got a beautiful car now, mm-hmm. which they kind of name check. Oh, wow, that's a great car. She's not driving a crappy car anymore. Mm-hmm. During the day, Ozone and Turbo wear nothing but pastels and bright colors. Yes. And this is a world that oftentimes breaks into full-scale musical sequences. Yes. Where male men are breakdancing. <laughs> nurses are breakdancing. Uh, the nurses are doing something else besides breakdancing. Surgeons are breakdancing. <laughs> right in the middle of surgery. Pregnant ladies are breakdancing. There are choreographed numbers in the streets. So that this is a film that takes place in a musical reality. Yes, exactly. For the most part. Exactly. There are at least three different plots in Break Into. Mm-hmm. 
you've got the hint of a love triangle between Ozone, Special K, and the aforementioned ex-girlfriend, Rhonda. Right. You've got Turbo going after a girl who, I, I don't know if they actually name her in the film. Uh, but, I don't but her believe character's name is, I think, um, Susanna Garcia. Well, the, that the, might be the actress's name. The actress's name is Sabrina Garcia. Sabrina Garcia. Mm-hmm. But the character's name is... I'm not sure I remember her name. No. But she's she's she's... She, she's a cipher yeah like she has one line that she says in spanish right and then she speaks a a, a, a smattering of spanish to a nurse right and those are her only lines yes but it, in fairness the the uh conceit is that she doesn't speak english or speaks very poor english right right the character if only there was someone around that could speak spanish and translate <laughs> or maybe when they wrote the character they could write a character that spoke english and not have a woman who has no lines. Well, but that's a plot. Mm-hmm. And then there's this central plot of uh, oh, I forgot the Electro Rock plot. Electro oh, Rock, yeah. is still around. Yeah, so yeah. they're an issue mm-hmm. with wildly divergent levels of threat. Yes, sometimes they're a dance crew, but then sometimes it's like they're an actual gang. Yeah, but like they bust a window and. And then there's actually the threat of fisticuffs and yeah, it's, it's mildly threatening. I'm just saying, you know, the, the the film has a hard time deciding what they want to do with Electro Rock. Yeah, it, it it was definitely gang by way of beat it. Yes. <laughs> and then finally, you have this whole plot about the the, the after school center. Yeah, that's that's it threatened to be torn down by the developer and they have to have a show. And I have to say. It's a weird movie. Yes, it is. Like, it's a weird movie that much like something like we talked about with Fast Forward, I can see how if you were at a certain age. This could maybe speak to this you. This connects to you. Like, You're I right can see an, an 11, 10, 11, 12 year old. Mm-hmm. This kind of connects. Mm-hmm. Or if you're into dancing. Or if like you're you into Because there's tons of dance. There's tons of dancing. And frankly, I think the dance sequences are much better. Are much better mm-hmm. than they were in Breaking. Yes. Much more professional. Yes. Again, the three leads have clearly been rehearsing and practicing since the first movie. Yes. So that, you know, the dance sequences are pretty entertaining. Yes. Black movie? Definitely not at this point. But mm. we can talk about that much more. But it's it's a strange sequel. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a sequel that, to me, it, 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 it probably is, it's the sequel that break in deserves like breaking didn't deserve for you if you're going to do another breaking first of all you know all they're really going to do is basically the same story you know we're not we're not hiring out you know alice walker to write breaking to electric boogaloo you know what i mean so it's going to be like the same story now i know what i want to do if i become a millionaire (laughs) so so um so with that, it's like, okay, so then what do we do, right? Mm. You had this movie, 
you've got the inkling that you think you're you you've tapped into something with it so so much so that you want to rush to to do the sequel well i'm going to lean in on what seemed to work or what the sense i'm getting that people are connecting to in this movie and that is number one the dancing so i'm going to lean into that i'm going to give you more you like that well here you go i'm gonna stuff all the dancing in this movie that i can stuff in there you necessarily weren't necessarily feeling um special k okay i hear you on that she's still gonna have her in the movie we're gonna tighten her up get her trained up a little bit and we're gonna pull back a little bit on her on her uh facetime in the film Mm -hmm. um you know still put her out front there because at the end of the day she's my lead on here and and to me i think she is the reason why i can get this made and get this out there to the public but i understand that i gotta lean back on her a little bit and now i've got to lean in on my other two leads these two charismatic dancers shabadoo and turbo ozone and well shabadoo and boogaloo shrimp mm-hmm. uh, ozone and turbo and in doing so i'm going to beef up their lines a little bit uh see what they can do about carrying maybe a small piece of this plot um you liked turbo with a broom well how do you like him dancing on the ceiling ladies and gentlemen <laughs> right. how do you like him doing his homage to fred astaire um for some people, look it up. Fred Fred Astaire dancing on a ceiling scene from the forties, and it's a callback. And it's a callback. And it's, it's a, a callback f- to breaking. Yes, yes, you bastard. I'd miss. I have missed that for forty years. It's a callback to breaking. Really? It's a callback when he says, "Who do you think you are, Fred Astaire?" Exactly. And he says, "Who?" That's right. I could throw this microphone. At you. <laughs> It's a callback to mother. <laughs> it is a callback to breaking. All right. Right. I never, ever thought about that. Well, I see. I peeped that because when I, the second he starts dancing on the ceiling, it, I see Fred Astaire. Cause you know, I'm watching. Right, right, right. right. No, no, absolutely. Right. So, so you're going to give, you're going to give him more of that. You're going to give uh Shabadoo, give him more uh, uh, solo time. You know, he he's dancing not on, on the ceiling, but he's dancing on the rooftop. Yes. He's swinging down off uh, on a rope. You know what I mean? Um, you're going to give him more time breaking the fourth wall, looking very strangely into the camera. Because when he breaks the fourth wall, it really it really is a little off putting when he does it. Um, Do you need him to step back a little bit? Yeah, push back a little bit, dog. Um, so you, you're going to just stuff and give you more and more. Now, do they make also the cardinal sin of a lot of sequels especially sequels to like more fun movies and try and think oh they give you a little bit too much story and they overwrite it a little bit sure they certainly did but because they still lean so heavily on the dancing you all know basically the story is just to get you from a to b sure at the end of the day this movie, Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo, and this is another 
old reference, ladies and gentlemen, but this is what it is. This is nothing but a Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland movie. Like, hey, kids, let's put on a show right. so we can save the barn slash home slash city slash in 1984 community center. Yeah. That's yeah. all this is. All you, the, the only thing you need if you can't get... Um, Mickey Rooney and and Judy Garland to show up in this movie. Then you just need the little rascals coming running, it's running through, rascals deal. through it. Just see Alfalfa and Darla coming through. You know, yeah. singing my darling Clementine. It's the it. That's all this is, right? Um, so if you've got that, then how well does it, it come together? And it does come together very strangely. Like you said, there are tonal shifts. Yes, there is a scene where there are mailmen popping and locking in the streets. There, in, in that very same scene, for some reason, there's a Jeep full of guys who look like they just stepped out of a safari yeah. in the middle of the street. I don't know. I, I don't. Why are they in the middle of a California street in the hood? I don't know. I don't know. But they're dancing. Yeah. There is a very disturbing mime throughout this movie who was just there with reaction shots. I don't understand his whole... Look, I don't understand that whole deal with the mime. Me neither. Because it's like it's like the whole school is dance. Yes. And then they have a gym part mm-hmm. where people are, are boxing. Right. And then it's this one mime who's just hanging out. And they stick with him all to the point, do you remember when Ozone goes on TV and he says we're going to have a show and it's going to be this great show? And he says, and this is a quote, we're going to have dancing and juggling and everything. That's exactly what he and said. And I said, I'm pretty sure juggling is not something that should come after dancing Mm-mm. before you go to everything. Mm-mm. But that really was it. Like, yes, we, it's, all of us are dancing, and then it's the one, one man Cirque du Soleil guy <laughs> who doesn't do anything in the movie until then. Who doesn't do anything? He just shows up. It makes yeah. Because strangely, when Ozone is dancing on the rooftop, he's just there, miming <laughs> his enjoyment of it, <laughs> and yet somehow him miming his enjoyment, everybody hears him inside. And they come out and join him. You know what would have been great? If Tim Curry would have played this mime and we could act like it was a prequel to it. Oh, that would have been so. Oh, that would have been Talk so about great. a tonal shift. <laughs> Wait a minute. The tonal shift is to come when we go to the hospital <laughs> because Turbo has, has fallen. De- <laughs> Wait a minute. First of all. Turbo is running away from the man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And tumbles down the stairs. At least we're led to believe it's Turbo falling it down the stairs. It is the worst stuntman <laughs> double on earth. It I'm liter- pretty sure it's Bernie Casey who's the stuntman. See, you thought it was Bernie Casey. It looked like to me, Boogaloo Shrimp runs to the top of the steps. And then Joe Frazier throws himself down the stairs. He was so big. Why was the stuntman so big? He's so big with no curl. With no curl. No curl. He just, he just a 40-year-old ex-football player. Just falling down the stairs. And then also, Maybe I got a job on breaking two. 
I'll play the lead. <laughs> and then Ozo, I mean, Turbo's at the bottom steps. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> they didn't spend money on stunts. At which point comes another weird part in the movie because that cuts to um, Ozone going to Special K's house. Yes. To get him, you've got to come. Turbo, he, he found out. He found on the stairs. He's in the hospital. He's been hurt real bad. He's been hurt real bad. Okay. Oh my God! Here I come. They leave her house. Yes, I know what you're about to say. Cut to the hospital. Okay. They've changed. They changed clothes. <laughs> Why did they stop and put on new breakdance clothes before they went to the hospital? Yes, they've changed clothes. What I assume is that ozone, because we got to talk about the ozone special K relationship. Yes. I assume there's a whole shadow relationship going on right behind the narrative. So I'm thinking they left because they just had a falling out. They left. They had makeup sex. Mm. And then they changed. Yeah. So that's what I said, because I had this whole secret narrative of the two of them going on when the camera won on them. To be fair, I did suss it out that it obviously was a passage of time because there's no way that they go straight from her house to the hospital and Turbo's laid up there with a dry cast already on his Really? That that's what you're doing with the passage of time you're looking at the dried cast. That's what that's what we're doing with breaking two I'm electric trying, I'm, look, You're CSIing it. I'm trying, Vince. <laughs> I'm trying. But the hilarity doesn't stop there, ladies and gentlemen, because the hilarity ensues which, when, of course, the dance sequence starts. In the hospital. Dance in, the hospital in the hospital. Which is weird enough as it is because it's in the hospital. But they're, they're, they're happy for whatever reason. I can't even remember. Because Turbo woke up. That's right. Because Turbo woke up. That's right. The nameless, voiceless girlfriend kissed him. Yes, that's right. I forgot about that. I know. It's so, pretty forgettable. So she wakes up and then they have the, so they're dancing. So, okay, they're happy because Turbo Dan is alive. But then you cut to an operating room <laughs> where the doctors are clearly having trouble reviving <laughs> the patient. <laughs> it's doing the monitor thing. <laughs> and they look out the window and they see people dancing. And the surgeon now is is moved to start popping and locking. To start popping as a surgeon. And popping locks his way out of the surgery bay. Get so sued. Where he passes a bevy of. I'm sorry. Maybe they weren't actually strippers dressed as nuns. <laughs> <laughs> But the fact that you even have to ask the question, <laughs> are these strippers dressed as nuns or are are these, these nuns who are in a weird type of convent? <laughs> yes. It's that's it gets a little weird there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All that being said, and I could say much more about this movie. Yeah, you could. I still think it's better than Breaking. 
Oh, I don't think it's better than breaking. I think it's better than How breaking. Is it better than breaking. You know why? Because it knows exactly what it is. It's it's it, breaking is still trying. I think breaking is really trying to tell their story. Breaking to Electric Boogaloo, like I said, they know it's just an old school dumb musical. It's a reason to stitch together some dance sequence, some corny songs, and um, have a big show at the end and say good night everybody they know exactly what it is they're leaning into it they're having fun is it always super successful hell no do it but is the dancing better yes have they spent money on more budget so these the dance sequences look fuller yes yes absolutely does the club does it actually feel like you're actually in a club yes have they bought a weird Mad Max outfit for iced tea to wrap in? <laughs> yes. They yes, have they spent did. the dough. They've leaned in on it. And for that reason, it's a better movie than Breaking. And you know what? As much as I want to clown it, it was stupid. I, it was like, all right, I had a little fun. Yeah. I ain't like it. <laughs> I ain't like it. I thought tonally it was all over the place. I thought it it in any type of integrity, and I can't even believe I'm using integrity that word with breaking, but <laughs> any type of integrity that breaking had with the art form at this point, it's it's fully in yo-yo pet pet rock mode. I I agree. You know, I think I think it is completely disposable. I think this film yes. is completely disposable. Yes. I think any type of and and again I hate to use a word like nuance comparing to, but, but, but folks this is where we are we're we're, we're comparing and contrasting Oh look what side you're breaking on breaking and breaking too <laughs> I think although Ozone is pushed to the forefront mm-hmm. he is, is 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 you know he's he's a cipher he's just sort of there I, I think, that's true you, you know i think talking about it being a black film in my whole argument last week there's one moment where he's kind of sort of racialized and there was actually a little spark like those you don't that don't know um shabadoo is is biracial he's half black half puerto rican mm-hmm. you know his mom was black his dad's puerto rican and he looks hispanic e yes whatever that means but they go to her house, go to Special K's house, and her housekeeper is also Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And he says, Como esta, senor? And it, it's like, oh, he's a person. Like, he's <laughs> an actual. And then the moment's gone. Yeah. yeah. And they're back to, you, you know, this dinner where, where, the, where the father and, and, and there's this fiance. And they're sort of channeling all of the stuffy white guys from yeah. the first film and I say and and then Ozone and Turbo do a little stuff little shuffle at the table and, and they go off and I just feel like everything is very superficial That's true. as far as the three of them again compared to the in-depth interiority that they had in Breaking Mm-mm. to the point where they really don't know what to do with this central relationship between Ozone and Special K. Yeah. 
it's like they show the, the when she shows up at the very beginning. Special case shows up, and they actually kiss. They do. That actually surprised me. I it mean, surprised it's not, me too. It's not like you know, like you know, la la. But yeah, they no, kiss. no. But it's a kiss. It is definitely where I said, oh. Yeah, yeah. I forgot they were dating in here. Right. And then the movie said, no, you didn't forget because we not, we're not really doing, you know, and, and they kind of fluctuate between, oh, they're friends, oh, they're this, but then they're walking through the, the park holding hands and, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just all very, again, superficial and disposable to me. Like I said, I can understand you being 11 or 12. And this kind of spoke to you because, like, like you said, it's a show. They're putting on a show, and and they're doing the, the you know, the the, the 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 dancing, and it's funny. You said Judy Garland and Mickey Rooney. I thought you were going to um mention um what's my man's name? Buzz Bixby? Uh, no. Oh um, oh Busby uh, but oh Buzz Busby Berkeley Busby Berkeley yeah because there are these. Big, big elaborate numbers yeah, yeah. and like you said clearly they spent a little bit of money on this mm-hmm. like like these are big choreographed numbers right with the principles out front yes which means that not only did they had to people rehearsed but the principals had to rehearse right so then and, and and um I forgot the director's name because it's been unimportant up I think Samuel, Samuel Furt, Furtenberg He's more comfortable in the chair than he was in breaking. Because it's the same director. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to look up his name real quick. I want to give him, give the man his props. Uh, Sam Furstenberg, yeah. yeah Sam, Sam yeah, Sam Furstenberg, who's not a great director, no. but this is a better directed film as far as the dance sequences and the musical sequences than were in the first one. I don't think he directed the first one, though. You know what he did direct? He directed rapping. That's what I'm thinking about. Did he? Yeah. Okay. He also directed Lucinda Nikki in Ninja Three: The, the Domination. Domination. Right, right. That's that's the best of the Ninja films. That's when she gets possessed. Did you see Ninja Three: The Domination? I'm not telling you something you know already, am I? No, you're Ninja not. Three: The Domination is when she is possessed by the ghost of a ninja. Really? And then she too becomes a ninja. Ooh. And there are scenes with like crazy lightning and her hair is all big. I didn't know how familiar you were with the filmography of Lincinda Dickey. That's all I know. I know she was in Ninja 3, also a film with a colon, The Domination. Mm-hmm. And then she was in the Breaking films. Okay. But you know, I was a big ninja movie dude mm-hmm. back during the 80s. Sounds like you were a Dickey uh, dude. Uh, <laughs> Lucinda Dickey dude. I really wasn't. <laughs> I really, really wasn't. But as I'm saying this out loud, I think not only do I find this film disposable and superficial, but I'm a little annoyed that they had more resources than they had with Breaking. Mm-hmm. And this is what they did with it. See, but I'm not because, like I said, I think they they knew what they wanted to do. And like you said, already seven months down the line breaking has already been commercialized break dancing yeah you know so now they're just leaning in they're just going for it you know what i mean um i think it's actually a little bit if you really want to think about like the interiority of breaking versus this movie i think it's kind (laughs) of kind of messed up that breaking ends with this huge success of street jazz for all three of them and then breaking two opens up 
Well, whether or not uh, Special K likes her lot in life, you find out that she's rich. She's got a new car, <laughs> and she's going on b- at least bigger auditions. Oh yeah, she's a working dancer. She's a working dancer. Meanwhile, you know Shabadoo and and uh, Boogaloo right back in in they right in, back in ghetto. He have, even says it. You know, I'm working for pennies again. Super realistic. So I thought that was kind of messed up. I also <laughs> felt it, I felt that they were trying to. Um, and again, this is it makes sense with what the movie is trying to be. They were trying to not only beef up the characters of Ozone and Turbo. I think they were trying to see if there was anything to be mined in the team yeah. of Ozone. How about that? And Turbo How as like a acting like maybe comedy team. Like Kid and Play dodged a bullet. Yeah. Um, well, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there was anything to be to be mined there no 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 i'm saying one more notch up because i think that that because there's one scene in particular that i'm pretty sure you're talking about where turbo goes to ozone for advice mm-hmm. on how to get girls yeah and, and then it holds a dance thing a, a little dancing and it's almost like a comedy number right and it almost works almost i'll go so far as to say a better editor slash director that scene would have worked a better editor probably makes the scene work better, but it still um, fails because neither of them are strong enough actors. Right. Because they do have, like, they still have to get across, like, certain emotions and, sure. and looks. Because they have great chemistry. See, I don't think they have that great of chemistry. I think all three of them actually, like, all three of them, I thought they were friends. See, I didn't. Yeah, I did. I didn't. I, I the, the person who, honestly, as much as we want to talk about the charisma of Shabadoo, and I think most of his charisma is from his look, um, I honestly find more charisma in Boogaloo Shrimp. He's just not, he's younger. Right. I agree with you. He's more charismatic. He's more charismatic. He's definitely more charismatic. And because because of that, though he doesn't share a lot of scenes with Lucinda. They're nice scenes. I think he... he, Those are nice scenes. And I think she plays off well with him. I think everybody's a little forced when they're with Shabadoo because he's... I don't find him a strong actor at all. So thus, I don't really see the chemistry there. I like them. Okay. And I like, like I said, I like I actually like all three of, which is another thing that kind of bothers because the film gets a little bigger. Mm-hmm. There's actually less scenes of them all together with just the three of them. Yeah, yeah. Which in my mind is one of the great strengths of you know I can't even believe we like, but again, this is where we are, folks. The context is breaking, right? But that's one of the strengths of breaking. Vince, tell me, was did my eyes deceive me, or did the Electro Rockers throw a rock through the window of the community center, and Turbo and all his boys, yo, let's get them, chase them for three blocks, only to have a dance fight? That's why I'm saying I was so confused about exactly what the deal was with Electra Rock. Because the dance fight, he literally 
dance, throw somebody on top of a car. It is the most bizarre relate. Like the thing I like about Electra Rock in Breaking is that this is a clearly defined relationship. Mm-hmm. They are rival dance crews. There is a lot of chest beating and chest pumping and bearing of fangs. But there's never really any threat of violence. Right. Like, they just dance. Yeah. So much so that Electrock ends up in street jazz. Yes. This whole deal with, are they going to fight? All of a sudden, they're the warriors. All of a sudden, it's the warriors. There are nunchucks involved. And yes. I was like, what is? Like, I kept expecting for, like, the dancing to stop. And, and like somebody take out a gun. Exactly. Let's get real here. Or at least a, a real punch. Right. Like one of those dance punches that comes a little bit too close. Right. And it's like all of a sudden now it's real. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? It's like when people used to slap box. <laughs> no, because slap boxing, you were actually really at least slapping. Right. These guys- but slap boxing always turned into a fight. True. It did always In turn into a fight. In the history of slap. Yo, let's slap boxing. Why don't we just fight? Like, why don't we just go ahead and fast forward to now we fight? Why don't you just ball your hand up? Right. Like, let's fight. <laughs> but all that being said, I... All that being said, you liked it? it, it, it like's a strong I word. I mean, it sounds like like to me. Like's a strong word. I didn't mind it. You didn't mind it. Like, if someone told me, like, hey, I like breaking two, I was like, okay, I can see that, you know? And if you're asking me, you know, would I recommend it? I would recommend Breaking 2. So now you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. <laughs> I buried the lead. Sorry. Buried his recommendation to Electric Boogaloo. Would you recommend Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo? No. No, I wouldn't. I think, I, I think all you need to know about Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo is the significance of the name. And how it has entered pop culture consciousness where everyone right. says whatever to Electric Boogaloo. Right. Like all you need to know is that it is a reference to the sequel to Breaking. But I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason to watch this film. And I don't think it's a black film at all. I think the seven oh. yeah, I think the seven months no. completely defanged any sort of racialized anything in this and this very much could have been a film where Ozone's character and Turbo's character could have been played by Marky Mark in Vanilla Ice yes yes and it would have been the exact same film oh yeah no no this is decidedly not a black a black movie no come on so no I wouldn't recommend it would you recommend it now it's your turn I would I mean, because here's the thing. There's some movies you recommend because you put them on at the cookout and everybody's going to have a good time. Okay. And I honestly think that this is one of those movies. You put it on at a cookout. Eh, you're going to have fun. Okay. You're gonna have, you're gonna have fun with 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 breaking. Hey man, if somebody puts this on, I'm gonna grumble, grumble, and then I'm gonna sit and watch it. Exactly, that's exactly what you're gonna do. So eating your potato salad, eating a potato salad, or 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 maybe your daughter's chocolate cake, or maybe my daughter's chocolate cake. She makes a fine chocolate. Your cake. daughter makes a banging chocolate cake. She though. does. Mm. She does. Mm. Scratch baker too. 
I know. I heard she yeah. made it from scratch. Yeah, scratch. Yeah, that's that's what she did. I guess it's all gone, ain't it? Oh uh, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. All right. Did you, did you get the lemon bars? She made lemon bars too. I'm not a lemon bar guy. Yeah, I didn't get the cake chasing after them lemon bars. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, God damn, lemon bars. I was like, baby, what'd you put in them? Crack? Is it crack in here? <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we get to what we're going to be watching on episode 197 of the Michelle Mission. We invite you to send all of your feedback to us. Email us at Mission at gmail.com. Michelle is spelled M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. Like and follow us on all the social medias at Michelle Mission. Join the Michelle Mission Facebook group where we have a lot of fun with everybody. Uh, all of our all of the missionaries that are joining every day. I've seen more and more missionaries joining every day. I didn't want to derail us with going through the the listing of all the new members that have, have joined in the past few weeks, but we will uh, next week. And welcome. And welcome. Thanks welcome for joining. Joining the conversation. Absolutely. Um, if you want to help out the show, there's two ways you can help out the show. On the podcatcher of your choice, especially if it's Apple Podcasts, please feel free to give us a five-star rating and a review because that helps people find the show. Or you can go to the Michelle Mission dot com hit swag and check out all the cool swag that we have there by way of t public very cool shirts sweatshirts and and paraphernalia for you to wear celebrating um our little show we really appreciate that the michelle mission is available as a radio show every saturday at 1 p.m on wppm 106.5 fm philly cam people powered media here in the city of brotherly love and you can wake up with the michelle mission every monday morning at 9 a.m on wkdu 91.7 fm the voice of drexel university the michelle mission is also a proud member of the podglomerate curated podcast just for your listening pleasure go to the check out all that they have to offer for you all right vince it's my turn yes it is and i thought you know i did you know passing for black yes you know what i mean yes we had a lot of fun with passing for black yes and now i'm going to do a movie that is passing for a black exploitation film. Interesting. And you know what? Yes. It is a black exploitation film. Yet, it's also a great comedy. And yet, it's not in the 70s. Oh, interesting. I can't wait to hear what this is. I'm going to get you, sucker. I'm going to get you, sucker. Yes. Our first Keenan Ivory Wayans film. Mm-hmm. And if Our we're going to do Williams one. Our brothers film. And if you're going to do one, this is the one to do. I'm going to get you sucker. Next week on The Michelle Mission. Interesting. All right. Looking forward to that. So am I. All right. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, he's Vince. I'm Len. And in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again.
Now it's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.